Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I'm here tonight, and of your tolerance of single digits. Amen. If you happen to feel any breeze tonight, it's from our back. Our furnace is out in the back, so there might be a cool breeze wafting up this direction. Amen. Going to turn to Joshua here this evening in chapter 17. Joshua 17, verses 14 through 18. I wish to read in your hearing. Joshua 17, verses 14 through 15 tonight. It's going to kind of wade into this year this evening. Every once in a while, I walk to this pulpit, and I wish I had a little bit more time just to think, ponder more stuff over my mind. Because uh, I like to think things through and consider all angles. Time doesn't always afford me that, but I'd like to, I can, after this night is over, still think about this before after it's over. And I probably will. But Joshua 17 and verse 14, the Bible says, And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get up to the wood country cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee and the children of Joseph said the hill is not enough for us and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron both they who are of Bethshean and her towns they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people. That's by their own omission. Thou art a great people and has great power. That, that goes to reason. If there's a great multitude of you, then there is power and number. He says, Thou shalt not have one lot only, 18 says, but note Note the verbiage here. Note the, the, the phrases. But the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood. Thou shalt cut it down. The outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. I'll probably preach my message in my preliminary thoughts right here. What we have is allotment of land to Ephraim and Manasseh. They feel as though the land that they have for the number of people they have isn't sufficient, or might I say the habitable land. Joshua tells them that there's more land there that's capable of being inhabited. He even tells them, you all got a mountain 
it's just covered in woods right now. He says, you got a mountain. It's just wooded. But if you clear the wood, you'll discover your mountain. No, I, I, no, I just, so let's just go home, all right? I mean, <laughs> I think everybody got it, so we can just leave, right? Praise the Lord, probably be the shortest, best sermon you ever heard. I will for, for lack of anything better and this will understand what I'm about to say as the night goes on hopefully I want to preach to you about the undergrowth of undisciplined lives the undergrowth of undisciplined lives let's pray now will you pray that God helps me I feel like my mind's just a little scattered and I need every thought to be brought in here this evening. Father, God, I come to you here this evening, God, in this place. God, let the anointing of your spirit, Lord Jesus, rest in this house, God, among these people, Lord, in the next little while. Oh, God, we're in need, Lord Jesus, of you. We're in need, God, of a word from heaven to be deposited into the hearts and the souls of your people. God, I'm just your vessel tonight, God. I'm just your mouthpiece tonight, God. If you can use, Lord Jesus, the inadequacies, Lord, of my life, God, for your glory and for your benefit, so be it, Father. God, and I want to, Lord, forever thank you and praise you for what you're capable of accomplishing. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen in the church, say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. The undergrowth of undisciplined lives. What we have come upon here in the first few chapters of Joshua should be a moment of celebration, should be a moment of rejoicing because it is within the book of Joshua that the actual conquest of the land of Canaan is unfolding. God, prior to this time, had already gave and divvied up, if you will, the allotments of the land to each tribe. He had told Moses that information had already been passed down to Joshua, who is now their leader. But now they are in the land of Canaan. They've already overcome Jericho. They've already overcome Ai. They have already been victorious in these respects and now for the past several chapters have been the giving of the land, if you will, to Reuben and to Naphtali and to Zebulon, giving to them their inheritance. For a casual reader of the scripture, the last few chapters may seem mundane and boring to you because enlisted in there is the, 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 the borders are listed of each inheritance. Uh, the landmarks, the cities, the rivers are enlisted in there telling the individuals from this river westward or so on and so forth, all these demarcations that is laying out the land for these individual tribes. And we may read and think, yeah, okay, another river, another city, yeah, 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 yeah. But in reality, had that been your land, 
Had that been your inheritance, the people are standing there with uh, anticipation, waiting to hear the width and the height and the breadth of their land that God said is theirs. That God has allotted to them for their purpose, this land of promise that only a generation before could only speak of, dream of, ponder And now a generation has come upon whom they will be the inheritors of only what their grandpas could talk about. They could live in. And so they are giving and getting all these lands and each allotment of land seems to be comparable to the number that's within a tribe. It's very proportional. It's laid out very proportional. God in his infinite wisdom laid it out as such that uh, a land was given to a people that would be suitable for the people suitable for whatever tribe that it came to and and so the 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 distribution of the land for even Ephraim and Manasseh the sons of Joseph have been given to them you can read of them in chapter 16 and 17 their inheritance given to them and so while this should be just man great I mean I got something I've never had before I've been 40 years I've been I've been uh, you know I'm a new generation my father's died in the wilderness some of us were just young snots you know we weren't even of a fighting age so we're still alive and so we know a little bit about the wilderness but we didn't have anything we could call our own we didn't have anything that we could say that was ours we were nomads from place to place from city to city but now we got something we can call ours could you imagine I mean it'd be like getting your first home you know you know, you know, no longer renting, no longer leasing. It's yours and the banks, but it's yours. <laughs> Sometimes more the banks than it is. That dynamic changes through time. But, but nevertheless, this should be a time of rejoicing. And while it seems like everybody is getting settled in their land and, and nobody's land, nobody's inheritance comes without a fight. This is all by conquest. As a matter of fact, God was helping them as I spoke this morning and aiding them and fighting their battles. And it would seem as though there were little factions of Canaanites in each of these distributions of land that whatever tribe inherited would have to drive out, would have to do this business. Though as we see in Joshua, most of them did not drive them out but just made them slaves, made them tributaries into their lives. And so it would go to reason that they all kind of land on their land with the same, the same prospects. They got some Canaanites there they got to be contended with. Nobody is treated better than the other. All right. It's all proportional according to the tribes. And out of all of this comes two then tribes, the sons of Joseph, of Manasseh and Ephraim that come back to Joshua and say, we got a bone to pick with you about the land that we got said, Joshua, you know that we are a great people. We're we're a great people. They were talking about their numbers, but if you read through the scriptures, it goes to show us that their numbers were not just something so grand and so great comparison to some of the other tribes, but, you know, we always sometimes think more of ourselves than what it really is. Said, we're we're a great people, and, and it's a horrible thing that why in the world have we been given one lot and one portion to inherit, being that we are such a great people. God has blessed us and done so well with us for us to grow to this place of position and power of greatness. And Joshua, oh, the wise leader of a Joshua. First of all, notice, if they were starting to speak about what they've inherited, that's something God had allotted. Something that God had allotted to them just so happens Joshua happened to be the mailman. 
Amen. This is something that was divvied up, drawn up by the hand of God. I'm just relaying to you what God has given to you, but he doesn't go that route. And he answers them and he uses their own mission for them, against them. He says, if you're a great people, he says, you call yourself a great people. He says, if you're a great people, he says, look over there and get up to the wood portion of your inheritance. Get up there to the wood portion of your country and cut down yourself there among the land. In other words, go there and cut some of those trees down and build some houses. I mean, use the wood for some, make some communities and make some villages. Go up there into those wooded places. If you're a great people, surely you can do this. And they go back and forth with Joshua. It's just what we have. It's just really, really not enough for us. It's not good enough for our people. It's not good enough for our wives and our families and our babies and in the valley there's an enemy oh woe is me in the valley there's an enemy and, and they got strong chariots of iron we cannot even come against them and Joshua tells them all over again he says hey so you all yourself said you're a great people you and therefore you must have great power he says so you're not going to have to worry about trying to live in just a grassy plain in your inheritance, and he begins to inform them. He says, in case you didn't notice, he says, there is a mountain that is yours. There is a mountain within your inheritance. There is a mountain that belongs to you. The only problem is this. There are trees, or there is a wooded, even beyond trees, there's a wooded place on the mountain. If you'll cut it down, this is amazing to me. The word cut it down in the Hebrew is if you'll create. He says if you'll go up there, uh, there's a material up there. If you'll go up there and you'll cut down and you will create, you'll find you'll have homes to live in. You'll, 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 have, you'll have some more boundaries greater than what you had before. He said, but you gotta go up there and you gotta cut it down and you got created. The mountain is there. You gotta uncover it. The mountain is there. You got to expose it. The mountain is there. But you gotta put forth some type of effort, some type of work, some type of energy, some type of thrust, some type of motive. You would think it would be enough within itself for him to tell them there is a mountain in your possession and all you gotta do is uncover it. There's a mountain in your possession and all you gotta... I don't know what's happened if they thought that they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or not. But I come to tell this church family tonight, every mountain that God gives you is not already going to be bare. And every miracle that God supplies before you isn't going to show up at your front door. And every healing that touches your body isn't going to walk into your house. Sometimes God says, it's there. It's just covered up with some things. It's there. It's just a wooden area. Area, but you gotta go and you gotta cut and you gotta clear. Someone say amen. Hey man, you may be seated. Huh? He says, if you clear the wood, he says, even the goings outs of there shall be thine. The goings outs from here, he said, shall be be thine. Someone say, amen. See, underneath the wood was a mountain. Underneath the wood was a mountain. 
that belonged to the children of Joseph. Amen. Underneath all of that was something that was inhabitable land if they just cleared the land. Someone say amen. There's inhabitable space there. There's places where you can build your homes, raise your families. You can graze your cattle and your sheep there. It's all there. It's all there on the mountain, but it's just underneath some things. The woods must be cleared. Can I tell you tonight that what Joshua was relaying to them is sirs what we have here is not a lack of land. What we, I know you came and you said you only gave us one portion. You only gave us one lot. He says but the problem here is not a lack of land. It's not a lack of acreage. You can look at a map from the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. You can see Ephraim and Manasseh. They had a big swath if you will in the middle over to Israel from Jordan to the Mediterranean Sea the problem was not a lack of land but a problem was a lack of discipline the problem was a lack of a fight the problem was a lack of a tenacity the problem was a lack of effort and pushing aside everything that was cluttering up their mountain someone say amen so Ephraim and them they say we're strong we're a mighty people (laughs) so what we're dealing here with Joshua said acreage is not a problem and strength strength your number is not an issue You can't say we can't clear the land because we don't have enough people. You can't say we can't clear the land because we don't have enough strength. Mm, Someone say amen. If you'll notice in two areas, they are constantly saying they are excusing we can't fight the Canaanites because they're strong. They have chariots of iron and they seemingly also are saying we need more land because that might be a mountain but there's woods up there. Either way, we're going to have to fight or work. I am convinced over the years of my life living for the Lord, anything that God has for me, I understand two things. They are worth fighting for and they are worth working for. And they are right there at my fingertips within my surroundings, within my environment. If I'll just have the discipline to put forth the effort and seize my mountain. Someone say amen. I won't hold you long, but long enough to get what I'm saying. I never read, I've looked scripture over. I never read that there's any indication. You just have to follow me here now. I'm just telling a story. Never read where there's any indication where Joseph's two sons or tribes, that is, Ephraim or Manasseh. I never read where they took the initiative to follow the direction of the man of God, Joseph. Joseph told them that if they'll cut down and do all these things, it, it would be thine. 
But that's contingent upon their action plan. I never see in God's word where it's played out that these tribes did go to the inhabitable mountain and clear the forest and clear the undergrowth and clear the bushes in order to make for themselves some other living quarters from the wood that was upon them. I never see in scripture that taking place and happening. And here's something that we got to understand here this evening. If you take a forest where there's never a hunter that trods, where no human foot ever goes, where there is no natural disaster that touches it or influences it, if you leave a forest to itself, if you leave a piece of land unto itself, free from all human intervention, that 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 land and that forest will naturally self-seed itself and it will become more dense It'll become more dense. There'll be a greater undergrowth of bushes and thickets and trees and saplings all around to the place over a period of time. It'll become so dense that it will almost be an uninhabitable land. Mm -hmm. Someone say Amen. Oh, I'm going to preach here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost before it's said and done. We're going to preach. I understand Joseph. Oh, God, help me. I understand Joseph in Scripture. He was saying, and we're going to get to this. He was saying, look at the mountain you got. There's something I want to point out to you. There are two things that are mentioned in Scripture. There is Mount Ephraim, and there is the woods of Ephraim. From my reading and understanding of Scripture, both the Mount of Ephraim and the woods of Ephraim are referring to the same thing. Joshua seen Mount Ephraim when there was just some woods. But when it's left unattended and nobody clears it and nobody cuts it down, what used to be the mount of Ephraim turns into the woods. In other words, you don't have any glimpse of the mountain anymore. You just can only see what's overgrown. Someone say amen. Oh God, y'all doing okay? And so whenever these things are left untouched, whenever there's no discipline to go in and cut down and create and, and do what's needed to be done, that just starts to build. Trees become closer together and, and there's twigs and gnarly places that, that evolve and, and the brush gets so high that it's difficult for a man to even walk through without his feet getting tangled up in the vines and the branches and all these different things that, that take place. And it's with all of that in mind that that wooded area of today that is just masking the mountain it will intensify and become more dense and it will become a greater contender of opposition for you tomorrow if you had just handled it today I'm not going to hold you long because I said I wouldn't I have searched the scriptures I'm telling you I have if you go to 2 Samuel 18 and verse number six, I have searched the scriptures concerning this wood that was on the mountain in Ephraim and the woods of Ephraim that Absalom fought his last battle in. 
I've searched the scriptures. I've looked and seen what other scholars have to say about this. There is discrepancies. There is no definitive answer, Brother Mason. Some desire to say that that which that Absalom succumbed to was on the west on the east side, rather, of the Jordan River and not on the west. Others say both that which was spoken of in Joshua and that which was spoken of in Second Samuel were on the east side of the river, meaning they're both one and the same thing. And since scholars can't come to no conclusion, that allows me to preach what I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. Because I'm under the persuasion with some, from what I can read in Scripture, that it's quite possible that the woods... That Absalom fought his last battle in which happened to be against his own daddy. That the woods that he fought in, the Bible says, was the woods of Ephraim. That the woods of Ephraim that Absalom was fighting in that day had been the mount of Ephraim that Joshua was pointing out to the tribes on that day. But at this time of line, it's referred to as the woods. Because the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim had done nothing about the woods of that hour. We're talking about generations. We're talking about years allowing new trees to grow up and new growth and new undergrowth and new vines and new saplings. It no longer is what could have just went in and just tear down some trees and make some homes. Now we got a very, very dense and thick forest. Can someone say amen? Someone say amen. Uh, And so I submit to you tonight that Absalom, who is in rebellion against his father, hearing me, in rebellion against his father, we look at the story of Absalom, and it is the life of an undisciplined man. It's the life of an undisciplined son. We would have Ammon, amen, to go after Tamar. Ammon, his half-brother, would go after Tamar, his sister, and he would rape his sister. And as a result of that, there was pent-up anger and there was pent-up bitterness inside of Absalom. And he was waiting for the proper time. And with blood revenge in his heart and his mind, he would take it out on Ammon and he would kill Ammon. Ammon. That was an act of an undisciplined life. We would read of Absalom that he would grow in disrespect to his father. He would grow in disrespect whenever he was brought back into the kingdom. He was swaying the hearts of the people away from David and toward himself. Those are the actions of an undisciplined life. We read how he would have the audacity to prance himself into Jerusalem, the very seat that should be his father's and he would revolt and make himself king and usurp the kingdom and the authority of his father. That is the life of an undisciplined man. So would say amen. But the Bible tells us that on the day that Absalom is doing battle against the soldiers of his father, David just has a span of people that's somewhat made of the tribe of Judah. All the other tribes, listen to pastor, all the other tribes, including Ephraim and Manasseh, were joined with Absalom. 
joined with Absalom. And the Bible says while they're out here in the woods of Ephraim, while they're out there fighting against this authority, amen, that's in control, that 20,000 men lose their lives. 20,000 men in the woods of Ephraim lose their lives. And the Bible makes this declaration that there were more that died because of the wood that day than there was because of the sword. What I'm telling you, there were some Manassehites and some Ephraimites that were in that 20,000 that day whose bloody carcass is laying in some old gnarly tree and laying in some old undergrowth. And I wonder today, had their corpse been there, had not that generations ago, somebody uncovered the mountain that God said was for them rather than allowing that thing to grow up. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The Bible says, look at it now, verse number 9 of 2 Samuel 18, that Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under a thick bough of a tree, great oak, and his head was caught hold of in the oak, and he was taken up between heaven and earth. And the mule that was under him went away. <laughs> Someone say amen. amen. Hear me? Ultimately, read the rest of the story. Ultimately, Joab, the captain of the army of David's host, ultimately Joab killed Absalom by taking three arrows and piercing it in his heart. You listening to me? Ultimately, he killed him, but it was the woods of Ephraim that ensnared him. That almost in a poetic fashion, a man that even had lived an undisciplined life, that did not clear the woods on his own mountain. Didn't even clear the woods on his own mountain. The Bible said his head is caught in the undergrowth. His head is caught in that wooded area on Ephraim. And the Bible, note this in scripture. The Bible says he was suspended between heaven and earth. That's what happens when you allow the woods to remain on your mountain. It will put you in a position that you are too bad for heaven. But you're too good for earth. No, 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 no. Oh, someone hear me tonight. I come to preach to this assembly this evening that there is the undergrowth of undisciplined lies. And it might not take over tomorrow. And it might not take over a month from now. It may be generations down your family line from now. But if you'll practice an undisciplined life when you have the power to do something about it, if you'll practice an undisciplined life whenever you have the strength to do it, if you'll practice an undisciplined life whenever God's given you all the tools to do what is necessary, someday in your family someday in somebody's family you're going to find yourself strung between heaven and earth tied up if you will by the neglect of your own
Someone say, glory. Can we just raise our hands right now to the Lord? Master, I need you right now. Master, I need you right now. See, undisciplined life, folks, will give way to the entanglement of the undergrowth that's covering your mountain. Undisciplined life will cause, even to the degree, the relabeling of what could have been a habitable space. And then rather be known as a mount, it'll only be known by what you have allowed to grow. I wonder how many mountains in people's lives are hidden in obscurity because they chose to do nothing about the mountain God had given them. Wonder how much overgrowth has taken place upon people's hills of mountains that God has invested into their lives that he said it's yours. But they remain untampered with and untouched only for years and time to pass by that there's just shoots. You know, the Bible says that this area, and you can read it, that the woods of Ephraim had come to that place of being so dense and, and so just overtaken that there was a lot of tangled undergrowth and that there were ditches in that land that you could not even perceive where the ditches were. Because of the foliage on the forest floor. You, there, were prep, there were edges that went off of cliffs, but they were so well camouflaged. By the growth that men were losing their lives. Without a sword being drawn. Because something that was left alone years earlier. wasn't the clashing together of the swords it was the yearly growth of something that could have been cleared something that could have been cut down of something that could have been created into something purposeful the mountain that should have been a blessing to them for some of those boys that day became a curse to them because they led undisciplined lives to do anything about it. You'll stand with me. I'll hasten to a close. So Joshua's words were very simple. Boys, the mountain is yours. But not without some type of work. Not without some type of effort on your part. It's there, guys. It's just covered with some wood. You must clear it. That was the commission. You must. No if, Andrew, but about that. You must clear it. You can fight with the, the adversary in the valley if you want to. Or you can work and clear the mountain. That if I've already invested into the boundaries of your allotment. God gave you that. God gave you that. Can I ask us a simple question tonight? What kind of caretakers are we?
of what God has given to us. Brother Greg, we don't want to live in the tragedy of years from now looking back at what was a mountain and say, no, that's just a bunch of woods. Because I told you, Joshua, I'm, we're a great people. Joshua's just saying, live up to the greatness that you know that you are. Live up to the greatness that you know you are, that you tell others that you are. Just be who you say you are. Because if you don't, that undergrowth is just going to mature. It's going to become more entangled. It's going to grow. It's going to mask over some pits. It's going to camouflage some edges. That had the wood not been there, you would be aware of. Had you cleared this and made houses, you would know where the ditch was. You would know where the edge was. Don't find yourself strung between heaven and earth. Don't get tied up in the woods. They say one of the easiest places to ever get lost is in the woods. Statistically, that's what they say. One of the easiest places to ever get lost is in the woods. You, you void of compass and you're ignorant of sky orientation and all that. One of the easiest places to get lost is in the woods. The people, many times, what they find themselves is actually doing circles in the woods. enter and it's like man did I pass here no I'm not yeah, that way I just keep going they find themselves in this circle of the woods get lost so easily there God I don't want to get entangled I don't want to get lost in any of that I want to follow the commission of heaven help me to just clear it at this stage help me just to clear it help me to cut down the unnecessary Help me to cut down the unnecessary and make something profitable out of it. Let me make something out of it that my family can, can, can enjoy and it'll be beneficial to them years from now. Rather than leaving something that can be to their detriment years. Your wooded areas can become a snare to you. They can become a snare to you. Folks, I wish we'd just bow our heads all over this place tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.